The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's on its way, folks. The Brewski 150 is coming in two days. Aaron Brewski's seminal work. I don't think I used that right. Annually, of course. The one thing that we actually get asked about a bunch with relation to the Brewski 150, I know a lot of you guys are, are kind of champing at the bit to get your fingers on it. In seasons past, Hoopball has actually never released the B-150 more than three weeks before the season. So this ultra-early release is actually a brand new product. That is to say, it's a brand new offering at Hoopball. Uh, so that's coming out in two days for Hoopball 360 members. Those are the folks that are on the big VIP package. You can get it. It's, I mean, VIP. It's $12.99 a month. It has the wager pass in addition to the fantasy pass, which... If your draft isn't, like, this weekend, then just get the Fantasy Pass. The Fantasy Pass gets the Brewski 150 next week, the normal early release time, the three weeks before the season marker, roughly. Like me, I'm I'm booking all of my drafts for within about two weeks of the start of the season. I want to try to eliminate any of the uncertainty that comes during training camp. Guys, get hurt. It happens. We hear about guys that aren't quite ready to come back yet that we didn't really know about. The Fantasy Pass is easily the best deal that Hoopball has. It has the Brewski 150 early release, which is again next week. It has the draft guide in its entirety. It has the DFS Pass, which we haven't even really talked about that much because DFS hasn't started yet, but it will be. And it has six months of in-season tools in the Fantasy Pass. That's $4.99 a month. That's the one. I mean, really, that's the one. I love the I love the HB360, but if you don't need the B150 this week and you don't bet, then it's superfluous. If you're a wagering sort, then it's wonderful because we're going to win you money over at MyBookie, and we'll tell you all about that stuff later on in the show. But I thought I'd open today's podcast by just letting you know the Brewski 150 is coming, and it's coming in two days. Go to hoopdashball.com right now. Get yourself some membership pass at HoopBall. Those are the good deals. Guys, please stop buying the Brewski a la carte. The Brewski 150 a la carte. It's $30, and it's the same price as getting the $4.99 for six months Fantasy Pass and gets the B-150 at the exact same time. And the Fantasy Pass gets you the draft guide and in-season tools as well. Don't buy the Brewski 150 a la carte. It's foolish. Get the Fantasy Pass. What are you guys doing out here to me? Anywho... What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. It is Tuesday morning, November the 24th. Found out we adopted our dog six years ago today. That's the uh, the first, the first furball in the household. Then we've got two less furry things causing havoc these days. So uh, happy adoption anniversary to our dog, Gumshoe. We thought she was a detective sniffing around for clues. Turns out she was just eating bugs. Yeah, she's gross. I'm Dan Bespris. This is a HoopBall presentation. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall. I've tried it. It works. My Twitter handle is like the second or third result, Dan from HoopBall, which is cool. Uh, 
I don't think we actually even have any other Dans at Hoopball. I might be forgetting somebody, and if I am, I apologize. Uh, but, you know, narcissist over here that I am, I'm the guy who pops up when you search for Dan from Hoopball. So stick it in your eye, other Dans, if you do or do not exist. Let's get going today. Uh, we got a lot on the docket. We handled the Atlantic Division yesterday in our swing around the NBA, our tour de force here, trying to do it throughout this week. We'll see how that goes. You know how we've best laid plans, as they say. If there's breaking news, that'll probably chew up part of an episode. There's also the the note Yahoo told us they're loading up their ADP information tomorrow, which I may save and do on Friday's show. I love doing those big ones on Fridays. Everybody listens to podcasts over the weekend these days, especially because everybody's working from home. Or not everybody. I'm seeing the cars on the roads here in Los Angeles. A lot of people are still driving places. But a lot of you are not driving to work this year, thanks to COVID-19. And so I think a lot of folks catch up on weekends. So we'll probably try to save our really big stuff for Friday episodes. And right now, if indeed Yahoo is going to drop their ADP information tomorrow. Oh, look at that. They did it today. Hot damn. We got it already. Hmm. Ooh, it's hard to not talk about that, isn't it? Wow. As we're, as we're on air, I just flipped over to see if they still had tomorrow as the, the expected ADP date, and, and there it is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, how can I not? Oh, I said I was going to save it to Friday, but it's Tuesday, and it's Thanksgiving weekend. How can I possibly save that to Friday? Oh, man, I'm going to lose my mind. All right, well, we're going to sit on it today. I'm not going to do it today. I'm I'm closing my eyes, and I'm clicking a different tab, but... Just so you guys know, we've now stumbled upon it. Yahoo dropped their ADP data a day early, so that's available. If, you go to, if you're in a Yahoo League, go under the Draft tab and click on Draft Analysis, and it'll give you the ADPs here in this very early going. And they are not crazy. Not crazy. Some guys going a little earlier than we saw in some of our uh, early drafts. Some guys going a little bit later. For instance, it's pretty surprising, actually, to see Luka Doncic uh, with an ADP of 11. Thought he'd go earlier, especially given that there are so many eight-category leagues here. LeBron, with an ADP right behind him, thought he'd go later, considering the expectation that he will be not playing a lot. Steph, third. That surprised me. Thought he'd fall a tiny bit. Hmm. Well, we'll see. These numbers are going to move constantly because this is very much the first few drafts and mocks and uh, they'll move around but wow like for instance clay thompson has an adp to 43 so a lot of this stuff happened before he was ruled out for the year uh we'll have to wait and and watch some of those numbers blend but i'm not going to talk about that today i promised i'm closing my eyes i'm switching over to another tab we're doing the central division on today's show we'll be breaking down all five teams what they've done basically during free agency and sort of how that retools who's going to see the minutes and the touches on their roster. I thought this was, as I mentioned yesterday, an easier way to recap the insanity of the last 10 days, basically. A little less than that. Since the trade uh, moratorium ended last Monday, so eight and change days, and then the draft and free agency, things just look different. I also am going to, once again today, tell you guys about the stuff going on at my bookie because we are going to win 
anywhere from probably $100 to $500 without ever batting an eye. I'm actually pretty grateful that I started to learn a little bit more about Bitcoin over the last couple of weeks because I know cashing out that way is super easy. E-check is also quite easy, but just takes a couple extra days. Um, My plan on this MyBookie stuff, and by the way, if you're going to sign up, please do, by the way, go sign up. Promo code is HOOPBALL. It's on the third page of sign up. It asks how you heard about it, and then there's a promotional code box. You put in the word HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all one word, no hyphens, no nothing. Uh, that'll let them know who sent you. It unlocks some deposit match bonus and other what have you. I would say decline those promotions so you don't have to worry about rollover stuff. And then here's how we're going to walk through our week. But let's do a couple of these fantasy things first. You guys are, I don't, I don't want you guys to punch me in the face for taking too long at the beginning of the show. I just, I get excited when we're going to get free money. Uh, Central Division will start with the Chicago Bulls. And this is a team that didn't have... Much in the way of roster churn, Chris Dunn is gone, but he was hurt for large portions towards the end of last year anyway. He was having a pretty good year, actually, as becoming one of the NBA's premier steals specialists. Uh, otherwise, the big change in Chicago is just the admin side. Their, their front office, their coaching staff are completely different, and I think you have to give everyone a coaching bump, which is pretty rare. When you look at a a coach and you're like, this is going to make a big difference. Billy Donovan is not going to make a big difference. Removal of Jim Boylan is going to make a big difference. I think Zach Levine actually sees his numbers peter out a tiny bit. I mean, he had a monster usage year. He took 20 shots a game, averaged almost 26 points, five boards, four assists, two defensive stats, three three three-pointers. He was a relatively high-volume free-throw guy. He was like two or three percentage points at the foul line away from being a a hyper-elite fantasy player. But, conversely, he is also one of those guys where usage is value. It is, you know, with some guys, it's not quite so clearly a one-to-one correlation. I know we've talked about that as one of of the tenets we really need to build off of. But for him, it's everything. Because, you know, he's not a big rebounder. Um, The percentages are... Not horrible, so they sort of level it off. So, like, getting more shots wouldn't help in either of those two things or less is not going to help or, or hurt a ton in those. Uh, but scoring threes, assists, his his value is so heavily tied up in those that steals is kind of the only thing that maybe doesn't take a hit this year. I don't know that he's playing 35 minutes a game. The, the, the Bulls need to find a way to win some ball games, and him doing everything just isn't the answer there. So I would expect Levine who was number 38 uh, in in nine category leagues last year. And, and by the way, um, I'm going to continue to say in nine category leagues, but now that we're kind of in the thick of it, you guys can just assume that's what I'm talking about. Those are the leagues I play in. You can make your adjustments as need. He was right around, I think it was 40 if you take the bubble games out. Uh, I, I think he probably takes a half step back. Not that his game devolves in any way. He, I just don't think he's going to have quite as many touches this year. Simply put, Bulls have more guys that are healthy and capable. Uh, basically, the entire roster. I mean, he was he was a, a one-man gang last year for long stretches, and that was great if you had him, but nobody else really wanted to do much of anything. guy that took the second-highest number of shots on the team was Kobe White at 12.2, and a lot of that was because he came on late and started taking 20 shots a game. Third-most shots was Larry Markkinen 
at 11.8. But one of the big things to remember is that Markkanen was injured for a long stretch and then didn't really wasn't really ever himself. Otto Porter Jr. missed basically the entire season. He's a guy that's going to take at least, I would think, nine, somewhere in the 9 to 12 range shots per game. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., he was hurt for a long stretch last year, took only eight shots per game. Uh, to me, as I look at this team, I don't know that every one of those guys sees a usage bump. I think Markinen does. At the very least, he's going to be a bit more involved in what the Bulls are doing. Wendell Carter Jr., I don't think he's ever going to be a high-usage guy, but hopefully healthier and just a better system for him. You probably see less Tomas Sadoransky last year. Not that that really makes much of a difference, but you're going to see a whole lot more Otto Porter. He only averaged 23 and a half minutes per game because they were going super easy on him. He just, he 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 wasn't, he was nothing last year. It was a nothing year. He was never healthy, and so he's easy to forget about. Look at the previous year with Chicago. He came over and he played 33 minutes per game in 15 game, averaged 17 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, almost three assists, 1.2 steals, half a block, two and a half three pointers. He was at 90% of the free throw line, but that's not going to hold. He's he's more like an 80% or over his career. And, you know, mid to high 40s in field goal percent when he gets a little bit more usage going. He's going to be involved. I, I mean, there's just. There's a lot of reasons to assume that Zach Levine is going to be doing less this year. That said, he's still most likely going to be the best fantasy player on that team. I just think he's going to be a guy that in nine category leagues probably gets a bit overdrafted. And we're starting to get some kind of indication of where that's going to be. looks like he's probably going to be going in the 40s, and that wipes out most of his upside. Meantime, what about some of these other dudes on that team? Like, uh, you know, Lowry Markin, and he was going in the 60-ish, 60-70 range last year. No way he's going in the 60s. Early indications that he might go in the 70s or 80s this year. Otto Porter, same kind of thing. Wendell Carter Jr., maybe around later than that. I mean, this is, there are potential values floating around on this Bulls team. And, and again, these, you know, we're going to wait until we get more full, more supple ADP information before we really start to plant our flag and stuff. But the Bulls are going to use their starters pretty heavily. Levine, Porter, Markinen, Wendell Carter Jr. Luckily, free agency didn't change things all that much. I just, I like them as a team that should take a step forward. The Cleveland Cavaliers, the next one on the docket. Tristan Thompson is gone, which is very useful for us. Uh, Ante Zizic is a free agent. I don't think he's been signed by anybody yet. So by all indications, they did, by the way, they did trade for JaVale McGee, but he ain't going to be doing that much. By all indications, the Cavs thinned their front court a little bit. It was way overloaded at the end of last year. They had Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr., Andre Drummond, and Tristan Thompson. They had four Four NBA centers that all, I would say, range from serviceable to pretty good. Now, this wasn't like what we just saw with the Pistons, just accumulating kind of mediocre centers. The Cavs had four good ones, and now they have three. Which doesn't fix things completely, but it's certainly better. Because even when they had four, 
most of those guys were finding their way to some fantasy value. One of the things that we saw the Cavs do towards the end of last year that gives me confidence in this team is that they were willing to run Larry Nance Jr. at the small forward spot. So for those of you that are like, well, Drummond is the center, Kevin Love is the power forward, that leaves very little for Larry Nance, let me remind you of a couple of things. First, Kevin Love is not playing more than about 31 minutes a game this year. Last year, uh, what was he at? He was at 31.8 last year. Am I getting that right? So that's 16 backup power forward minutes that I think you can pretty much just say belong to Larry Nance. Pretty easy, right? They don't have any other power forwards on the roster unless they're going to run uh, Chetty Osman there or what, the Rook? is? Could he play power forward? Either way, I think that would be kind of a bad look for this team. Uh, and Andre Drummond, who played 33 minutes a game last year, but, you know, not quite as many with Cleveland, that's another 15 minutes off the bench. So if you give Larry Nance the backup power forward and center minutes and just say that's how it's going to go, that's 30 minutes a game. It's actually 31. Now, I don't think it's going to be quite so cut and dry. JaVale McGee will play a handful of minutes, and they might run Osman at the four every once in a while. So, yeah, there will be a couple that get peeled off here and there. But at the same time, we've already heard that the Cavs are willing to give Nance a handful of minutes at small forward. So I actually think all three of the Cavs' centers in Drummond, Love, and Nance will have fantasy value this year. Last season, Drummond was number 26 overall, Love was 56, and Larry Nance was 82. However... I think maybe more illuminating is if you look at their last 10 games of the season. Larry Nance was number 39, Drummond was 71, Love was 73. Nance played 32 minutes a game, Drummond 30, Kevin Love 34. This was each of their last 10 games. They didn't, it wasn't all at the same time because Tristan Thompson was in there playing 26 minutes a game and they were kind of rotating one guy in, one guy out most of those ball games. Let me just tell you what Nance did in his 31 minutes a game over his last 10. He averaged 12.5 points, a three-pointer, 7.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.8 steals. That'll be a little bit lower. 0.1 blocks. Couldn't block a shot. That'll be a little bit higher. 55% from the field. That's with a three-pointer. And uh, low turnovers and basically doesn't take any free throws, so kind of throw that out a little bit. His free throws weren't good, but he wasn't getting there. I love Larry Nance. I do. I'm not, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit it because he is a a true old man squad kind of guy. He's not going to get drafted again. His early indications that his ADP is outside the top 100. This is such an easy one. There are very few guys you can draft in the 9th 10th round that if they play 30 minutes a game are going to get you top 50 numbers. They're just those are guys, the guys you're drafting outside the top 100 are where you're like, if they play minutes, they'll be a fantasy value. This is, if he plays minutes, he'll be a mid-rounder. Big time in on Larry Nance this year. I, I think he's, uh, he's he loves it there. He loves being a Cavalier, critical to whatever they're doing. Just a guy that, anyway, uh, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond. Those are the other question marks. How much is Love going to play? Are they going to be trying to move him? His contract is fairly bloated. Can he stay healthy? He's a guy that's tough to have in a head-to-head league. Obviously, 
you know, when he's on the floor, he puts up relatively decent numbers. But I'm probably avoiding him this year. He, he's one of those guys that actually might be too old for the old man squad. You know, it, I know for the season he was number 56. And that is, I mean, that's something he could potentially get back to. I just, there's a lot of fear there. He's going to miss a handful of games or more without question. But at the same time, if he falls into the 70s, you have to at least give him a look. I mean, he can cakewalk past that on a per-game basis. And in a Roto League, that would be worth it. Meanwhile, Andre Drummond is a big question mark. We've been seeing him in our mock drafts go in the 30s, which feels like there might be some value there. Like he's going at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round, because he wasn't very good with Cleveland last year. I told you, he was, he was top 75 with the Cavaliers, but he opted in. This is a contract year for Drummond. He's watching big men not get a ton of money on the open market, and he's going to have to prove his worth over a whole year. This is like, this is prove it time. I think he knows it too. He opted into a big salary, understanding that if he had opted out and gone looking for a multi-year deal, it just wasn't going to happen. So he's making $29 million this year. I think if he went out in the open market, he probably would have made like, I don't know, 15 mil a year. And so for Drummond, it's like, look, I'm going to take my 29 mil. I'm going to bet on myself staying healthy and having a good year. Then I'll hit the open market. And, you know, maybe I can get two or three years, you know, 40, 45 million dollars, something like that. So there's a lot at stake for Andre. This is a big year for him. Contract year is a big deal. I think he overperforms that 30-something ranking. I really do. People hate him for how he finished last season and his weird, you know, there was the avocado stuff. Didn't he get a tooth knocked out last year also? Am I getting that right? Uh, the Cavs are actually kind of sneaky fun this season. I don't think I'm drafting Darius Garland unless he's, you know, last round kind of guy, but he will play. Um, he just, you know, even when he was playing minutes, he wasn't very good last year. Meanwhile, Colin Sexton, he was a guy that came on and, and really made a difference. And look, I, I, I'm not going to say that I was right or wrong on Sexton. I think we were right, and then we were willing to notice as things improved. He was quite bad at the beginning of the year. He finished the season at number 110, but as the season progressed, you could see real steps being taken in his game. His field goal percent was up. His three-pointers were up. I mean, those are kind of the big ones. He started hitting some threes. He hit 2.3 threes over his last 15 games for the year. He was at one and a half, so that's a big jump. He's a good free throw guy. You know, the field goal percent coming up, assists were trending up, and he's going to get basically all the time on the floor he can handle. I don't think I'm drafting Kevin Porter Jr. I don't think I'm drafting Jetty Osman. I don't think I'm drafting Darius Garland, as we just mentioned. I, I do think that with the Cavs, I'm mostly targeting the centers. I, I mean, there's a, there's a very real chance that all three of their centers beat their ADPs. I think Larry Nance is probably the easiest path to beating his ADP. Kevin Love, maybe the second easiest, and Drummond, but uh, the hardest of the three. But they are both, I think, going to get drafted later than they should this year. 
Maybe it's the expectation of a logjam, but I mean, it was just like this last year and worse, and they were doing fine. We'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, if they add somebody, we'll we'll adjust that. But I, I mean, I don't know. Is JaVale McGee going to do anything on that team? Minimal. Detroit Pistons. Let's do one more here, and then I got to tell you guys about all the free money we're going to win. The Detroit Pistons have a healthy Blake Griffin, maybe. Is he ever really? They have Derrick Rose. The Pistons have done a lot this offseason. Um, Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, gone. Christian Wood, gone. Dwayne Dedman in and out. Trevor Reza in and out. Tony Bradley in and out. Zaire Smith in and out. Tony Snell out. Jeez, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody in there. Anyway, uh, point is, they also had free agents. John Henson, likely gone. Thon Maker, gone. Jordan McRae, likely gone. Brandon Knight, likely gone. The Pistons went full redo. And so they become a team that really requires some position-by-position analysis. The backcourt for the Pistons is likely... At this point, kind of a three- or four-headed thing. I could make the argument that five guys might see time in the backcourt. At the beginning of the season, Derrick Rose is likely going to get a decent amount of playing time. The question is, does he start or come off the bench? I could make the argument that he becomes their bench gunner type so as to separate him from Blake Griffin in the first unit, but we don't really know how that's going to go. Detroit also traded for DeLon Wright during this offseason, He's likely to get a decent chunk of playing time on this team. It's not going to be Mavs 2.0. I think this is likely your season where you you finally see a guy that, you know, it's like the one-year removed thing. Of course, the problem there is that he's going to be getting a ton of hype. Like, there's no question about the fact that DeLon Wright, as we work our way through draft season, you're going to see his number, his ADP skyrocket. Like, no one was going to touch him prior to his move to Detroit. So his ADP probably isn't even going to be on the board when these first numbers come out. But as teams, as as leagues, mocks, and real drafts adjust to the fact that he's now going to be playing near starters minutes for the Pistons, his ADP is going to go up. Question is, how high does it go? And then we'll have to make our determination from there. Killian Hayes, Detroit's draft pick, is likely to get a decent amount of playing time. Svi Mikhailiuk is going to be getting some playing time. I think they've, you know, someone like a Rodney Magruder will probably play a bit in the backcourt. But if I had to guess, I'm thinking most of the playing time, at least the beginning of the year, is going to go to Derrick Rose, uh, Dillon Wright, while they kind of train up some of the other guys. They may want to add some spacing there, so maybe a little bit more Svi. But from a who-would-I-draft standpoint, Head-to-head drafting Derrick Rose is a dicey order because he's going to be missing a ton of games. They're going to kid-glove him until they can ship him out somewhere, and they will. Somebody will trade for Derrick Rose this year on his expiring deal. Uh, Roto, you could, you know, try to milk it for whatever it's worth before he gets traded. DeLon Wright, you could easily draft in both. You know my take on rookies. I'm not touching him, and I'm also not going anywhere near Svee or Magruder. Those guys are going to be needing to do a lot to hit the fantasy radar. Meanwhile... The small forward position is now Jeremy Grant, who got himself 20 mil a year, and he's going to get basically all he can handle. He chose the Pistons over the Nuggets, which is mind-boggling all by itself, but this is a guy who went to a place where he was promised a big role in the offense. 
and another guy where we're going to have to be keeping a very close watch on where he's getting drafted. I talked about Jeremy Grant all last year as someone I was like, this is the guy. Let's watch him. Come on. Let's, you know, quietly come back to Denver where Paul Millsap probably goes somewhere. Well, we saw how that turned out. Quietly comes back to Denver. Nobody's really paying attention to him because he's flying under the radar. And then he had a good bubble. And then he opted out. and Got himself a whole truckload of cash. And now someone's going to blow up his ADP for us. This was a guy. I mean, you have to be okay with the fact that sometimes the guys you're tracking just don't pan out the way you wanted them to. But it's a damn shame because Jeremy Grant in starters minutes with actual role on a team is a 1-1-1 guy who can put up good field goal percent and threes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, his path to top 75 was, was pretty clear. But he's probably going to get drafted somewhere near there, if I had to guess. And so as much as we love Jeremy Grant, if he's getting himself wiped out on draft day, then we have to be aware of that. Blake Griffin is a massive question mark. Um, I mean, this might finally be the year where he does actually get underdrafted a little bit. But also, you know, he's still Blake Griffin. So I'm going to I'm gonna guess that I don't want to do anything with it. Uh, but we'll wait and find out where he's actually getting picked in draft. I mean, we, the, the, he, he could start going in the 70s, 80s, 90s range after last year. And if that's the case, you have to at least think about it and then finally the center spot which you know quietly is is going to be most likely held down by mason Plumley, who was number 280 last year with denver in 17 minutes a game but he's probably going to get starters minutes he's going to probably kill your free throw percent but he's a good passing big man he can rebound he'll get you some steals and blocks and i would at least give him a look at the end of drafts not earlier than that. Look at the end of drafts. You know, they're going to be safer centers on the board ahead of him. But he does have a path to playing time, which means that there is a path also to value. And now, as I promised, a break from fantasy to tell you guys about how we're all going to make a bunch of money. Sure, a full season fantasy roster and win is satisfying. You have bragging rights. You feel a sense of accomplishment. I'm not sure that I can give you those satisfactions in this next segment. But just walk with me here. First, go to mybookie.ag. Sign up for an account with promo code HOOPBALL. Just do that to begin. Do that to start. Okay? That's the first thing you got to do. From there, walk with me here on a couple of ways we are just going to get free money. Way number one is Thanksgiving morning. MyBookie is running a promo called a risk-free wager. Texans and Lions, you heard about it on yesterday's podcast. It's 9.30 a.m. Pacific time kickoff, and they're giving you a $250 risk-free wager. Now, you have to put in $250, yes, which I will be doing tomorrow because my money's all tied up in other longer-term bets. We talked about that already. I'm going to put $250 in my account. I'm going to bet it on... I don't even care. I, have no, I know nothing about this game. Flip a coin. Bet on either side or, you know, follow Hoopball Gaming. That's probably the smarter way to do it. And if it wins, terrific. I win $250. I'll cash it out that night. Just take out $250. Take my winnings and cash it out. Then, the very next day, Black Friday, 
odds boost day at my bookie. Those of you that did the last one with us, you remember how fun it was. Those that did not, basically what happens is that my bookie puts out a near guaranteed winner every hour. You can only bet $10 or $25 on it because they're just giving you winners at that point, and so they don't want to completely lose the house. But we'll just do that all day. There's 13 of them. Last time they did 12, and 11 of the 12 won. Basically, this is what it's looking like. You're getting boosted odds or a really easy thing to hit, basically. So, uh, for instance, last time around, it w- there was one that was like, will Arkansas score a point, I think was something uh, in that last one. And normally, that bet would be, you know, like laying five or six to win one, and instead, it was just one-to-one. So it was a bet that had about an 85 to 90% chance of happening or more, but you're getting it at even odds. So they're giving you 30, 40, 45% odds boosts on your wagers, meaning you should put every cent you can on stuff like that because most of the time you have to hit 52.4% of your wagers to win. It just, that's the magic of the Black Friday special. They actually have a, uh, a Cyber Monday special that I, I don't even have the data on right now. And we'll talk about that later in the week as we learn more about it. But let's say we hit all of them. Let's say we hit our, our risk-free bet on Thursday and all of the Black, the Black Friday odds boost wagers. You're talking about probably $450 where you don't even have to handicap. You don't have to do anything. So come along with us. Open your account. MyBookie.ag is the website. Use promo code HOOPBALL. Put in 250 bucks. Let's win a bunch of money together later this week. I'll be doing it. And then I'm going to take a bunch of it out. I'll be straight with you. I'm not going to leave it all in the account. A lot of these websites, they expect you to leave it in there. That's how, that's how they win. They want you to keep gambling it. Take out all your winning or take out the initial 250 at the end and play with the rest. Take it all out and spend it on some hoop ball products as a way of saying thank you, Dan, for guiding me to these free three, $400. You're welcome. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait. Thursday morning and all day Friday. I'll be tweeting about it all day. I'll ri- you can ride with me. Every hour, I'll give you the next one. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Can't wait. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers, the next one on the docket as we work our way through the Central Division. The Pacers, very few changes outside of the coaching staff, which makes this team pretty easy to handicap. Jeremy Lamb is going to miss most of the year, if not all of it. Malcolm Brogdon's the starting point guard. Justin Holiday is going to back up Victor Oladipo and Brogdon, along with Aaron Holiday. Those are kind of the two guys set to get most of the backup minutes at the one and the two. TJ Warren's your starting small forward. Miles Turner's your starting power forward. Demont Sabonis is your starting center. What did these guys do last year? Cool. Basically, just flip the page. Basically. Demontis Sabonis, I think he'll be basically what he was last year. Miles Turner, I think he'll be basically what he was last year. TJ Warren, probably pretty close to what he was last year. The question marks for me are Brogdon and Oladipo. Brogdon got off to a great start and then just totally soiled himself the last two months of the season. He was awful. He was like back near the end of the top 200 because his percentages were such a drag field goal percent in particular, that even when he was having some decent popcorn games, it wasn't making up for it. And then Oladipo just wasn't even remotely close to healthy. He had his only good fantasy game right before the season shut down. 
still didn't really look like himself during the bubble, maybe demanded a trade, and then maybe didn't, and the Pacers were like, eh, screw this, you're on our roster, let's figure this damn thing out, because we're one of the top, I'd reckon, four, five teams in the East at the at the easiest, and maybe we get better. I mean, they were basically what they were last year without Oladipo doing much of anything. So to uh, I think this is another one where, you know, I can't just say this is where I want this guy to be because Brogdon had such a great start last year and such a poor finish that his ADP will probably split the difference. I bet he goes somewhere in the 75 range. And then with Oladipo, I don't have a clue where he's going to go this coming year. No clue. Because he was awful. Before he got hurt the previous year, he actually wasn't playing all that well. He was more like top 40 as opposed to top 15. So where does he go? Do people expect him to be the top 15 guy? The top 40 guy? Something worse than that? A fully healthy Victor Oladipo should be able to walk into top 50 fantasy numbers. But who is he really at this point? Right? Who is he really? He didn't look that good to me in the bubble or the bubble playoffs. Are we going to get a fully healthy Oladipo this year? I think if he falls into the seventh round, you probably have to take him. Meaning anything past 72. You probably have to take him at that point. Because when you're drafting in the 70s, one of the things you have to be asking yourself is, is the guy I'm drafting, could the guy I'm drafting get inside the top 30 or 40? You want the answer to that question to often be yes. Unless you took some risks earlier, in which case you're looking for somebody in that range where you're like, I just need a guy who's going to be a top 65, 70 guy and play most of his games this year. And those guys are out there too. I feel like Marcus Smart probably falls into that bucket of like a guy that's almost definitely going to be there in the seventh round and also give you seventh round value. And you're just, you're never going to have to worry about it. There are guys like that. So, you you know, you have your two directions you go. Some of it's based on what you did earlier in your draft. Luckily, at this point now, there really aren't any questions about who Miles Turner is when he's playing power forward. And there really aren't any questions about what Demonis Sabonis is when he's playing center. We know what those guys are. I don't think anything changes for either of them this year. Maybe we get lucky and Miles Turner goes from 2.1 to like 2.3 blocks per game. And that's a way for him to climb the ladder a little bit. But he's, so, he's farther away from the bucket pretty consistently throughout the game. Offensively, he's nowhere near the bucket. He's floating around on the perimeter, stretching the floor for penetrating guards and Sabonis. And that's an ugly spot to be. It just it, it kills his activity. That's crummy. But at least you know what you're getting at this point. He now becomes a pretty safe fantasy pick. Like, there's no chance anyone's taking him inside the top 50 anymore. And there's probably no chance anyone's taking him outside the top 70. He's going to get drafted. I don't even need to look at ADPs to know that Miles Turner's going to get drafted right where he finished last year. He's going to get drafted near 60. You can just, you can just etch that one in stone. Because he was just that guy all year, and nothing changed about his outlook. There's no question marks around those dudes. Sabonis might get a tiny bit overdrafted, if I had to guess, because his points, rebounds, assists are so very, very high, and that's what everybody's always looking at. And finally, 
the Milwaukee Bucks, who made a great trade, deuced all over a sign-in trade, and ended up with actually quite a lot of turnover, but not a lot of large adjustments to be made. Perhaps the biggest adjustment isn't replacing Eric Bledsoe with Drew Holiday. Perhaps the biggest adjustment is that they no longer have Wesley Matthews on the roster to hold down most of the shooting guard minutes, which means that now Bryn Forbes, who they brought in, and Dante DiVincenzo, who was supposed to be a Sacramento King, but that didn't happen, are going to be battling for the, I would imagine, the starting shooting guard job job on this team. I think it probably goes to DiVincenzo, but they may also go to Forbes and sacrifice some defense for a little more floor spacing. I don't know. We'll we'll you know we'll see what Coach Bud decides to do with that stuff. They brought in DJ Augustine to back up the point guard position, which is fine. I don't know that that was really a, a critical issue for them, but you know, he'll keep he'll keep the ships moving the right direction with the second unit. And then everything else is the same. Brooke Lopez is still the starting center. He's still going to play his 27 minutes a game. Giannis, Middleton, they're still going to put up big numbers on 30 minutes per game because, again, there's just no reason to overextend these guys during the regular season. Of course, you would assume that that was to prepare them to be overextended in the playoffs. You idiots. It's so frustrating. It's, I don't know. why. I'm not a Bucks fan. It's just frustrating to see what they've been doing lately. Middleton with his 50-40-90 year, last season to me was as good as it gets for him. So uh, don't mortgage the farm. He was number 30. If you include the bubble, let's go back to pre-bubble. He was number 24. And I I mean, that's a good example of it right there. Like, he has nowhere to go but down from that 24 slot that he was in last year pre-bubble. I don't think he gets drafted that high. Middleton's not an exciting name. He probably, what do you guys think? He probably gets drafted in the late 20s, early 30s, if I had to guess. If he falls to 40, you take him in a heartbeat. But I don't know. He was too good last year to to really make it into old man territory, right? To be that. Did he get boring? 50, 40, 90 is not boring. 21 points is not boring. I don't know. We'll see. Um, You know, again, 24 is the absolute pinnacle he probably drops back around I'm guessing he finishes in the 30s this year in per game value because you know Drew Holiday is going to be more involved than Eric Bledsoe was uh but yeah I mean Chris Middleton despite the fact that the arrow is pointed slightly down I think he may even get drafted farther down than the arrow would indicate no one's coming for Brooke Lopez's minute so he's a safe one particularly a nine cat and then analyzing what to do at the guard spots. Because you guys know my feelings on Giannis. If he's going to kill your free throw percent, you just can't spend an early round pick on him. Sorry. I'm not going to roll the dice that he gets it figured out. We talked about Middleton. We talked about Lopez. So what of DiVincenzo and Drew Holiday? Those are the only two other two guys on this team that I think you have to at least consider. Let's start with the easier one of the two. The easier one of the two is Drew Holiday. He's going to a situation where his numbers are going to go down. And I know what you're thinking. Dan, what about efficiency? We've played this game before. And it generally ends poorly for us. Because, what was the tenet we talked about earlier? Usage is value. That's right. Drew Holiday's not going to play 35 minutes a game this coming year. 
he's not going to get 17 shots a game this coming year when he's on the floor. He might get close. He might get 16. He might get 15 and a half. But those little things make a big difference. Luckily for Drew, he does get a lot of steals. He does get a lot of blocks for a guard. He rebounds well for a point guard. He's a good passer. But still, take usage and playing time away from someone, and numbers will go down. He's number 37 last year. Some of that was because he had a really poor shooting year. But he's going to a place where he is the third man. He made himself the third man in New Orleans, but he didn't have to be. There were games where he was the guy. There are no games in Milwaukee where he's the guy. It's always Giannis. Dude never takes a night off. And the off chance he does, we got Middleton. So Drew Holiday's usage is going down, which means assists are going down, scoring's going down, threes are going down. That hurts. Free throws going down actually helps him a little bit. Turnovers will go down, so that'll be useful in 9-cat. Rebounds, probably down a little bit if I had to guess. Maybe the same. Steals blocks, down, because he's going to play less. I don't want to say that I'm out on Drew Holiday, because that's not fair. But I'm kind of out on Drew Holiday. Because I think he's going to get drafted in the 30s, which is where he finished last year. And I don't think he's going to get there. I don't think there's much in the way of upside. Meanwhile, I actually do think there's a little bit of upside with Dante DiVincenzo. We talked about uh, what he did last year in 23 minutes a game. Big defensive stats he put up, and that kept him right at the edge of the top 100 with 1.7 defensive stats in 23 minutes a game. What if that number becomes 27? Can he keep the same trajectory going, or does it begin to level off? And does he actually just get better? Because we don't actually need him to have a ton of usage. He only took 7.7 shots a game last year. If that gets up to 8.5, his scoring goes from 9.5 to, I don't know, call it 11. 1.33 goes to 1.5. Five rebounds stays the same. Assists stay about the same. Steals, does that 1.4 go to 1.5? Does the .3 blocks go to .4? That's enough to make him you know, a top 85 kind of guy. And percentages that are, frankly, damn near the league average. So no help, no hurt there. I don't know where he's going to dra- get drafted. He might not get drafted at all. This is why we have to wait for these ADPs to firm up a little bit. He ain't going early. I can tell you that. There's there's no one in their right mind that's going to spend on Dante DiVincenzo. He, he, I mean, he's a guy that's probably going to get drafted in the 120s, 130s, if I had to guess. But even that, I don't know. Worth a flyer, you know? Take a guy on a team that doesn't need to take shots. If he doesn't pan out, screw it. He's boring. You know, he's a boring guy. There isn't much in the way of upside there. But if you get him at, you know, 160 in your draft and he's a top 90, 95 guy, that's actually useful. That's useful. And that's the central division. By the way, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code HOOPBALL20. Get some of the goodies over there for 20% off with free shipping. Still... Listen, we have so many things that we promo on these shows leading up to the season. I know it can get a little bit overbearing, but just again to recap here at the end of the program, one, and I haven't even mentioned this one yet, we're recruiting. If you think you got what it takes, we have contributor spots open. We have sales gigs if you want to make some money while you're over here. Hoopball, hit me up at Dan Bespris or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. 
You can use those same two means of communication to hit me up if you want to join a hoopball league. We continue to open them up as you guys are bugging me. It's not. I'm joking, of course. It's not bugging me. We love having you guys in the leagues. The more, the merrier. If you're listening to the show, you're like, you know what? Damn it, I want to join a hoopball league. We have free. We have $50 buy-in. Roto, head-to-head. We got them. Bug me. Again, at Dan Bespris or Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com if you want to email, if you're not on Twitter. Third thing, mybookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL. Sign up, put in your 250 bucks. Let's get ready to win anywhere from, you know, like 150 to $400 between Thursday and Friday. This is real. These are not promo bucks. These are real bucks. We're going to win them together. Please do that with us. You will regret it if you miss it. I, they do this every couple of months where we can just find a way to get... And this is the biggest one I've seen since I've been promoing my bookie. I'm all over it. I will do it with you. I promise. We will do it together. I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not going to be doing. And four, the Brewski 150, guys. It's coming out. If you get the HoopBall 360 membership, you get the wager pass in addition, so you can bet, win some money with us on that one. If you can wait until next week on the B150, get the Fantasy Pass at $4.99 a month. Okay, that's all the good stuff. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll take a, uh, a look at the next division tomorrow. And I think that's why I want to do the divisions this week, because it's Thanksgiving week. I'm contemplating ya- digging into the Yahoo ADP stuff, but I also think it's going to change dramatically over the next couple of days. So maybe not that useful to go on the very first day. In any event, uh, welcome to everybody that's listening for the first time. Love you guys. Those that have been with us for a couple of years, welcome back. Let's keep rumbling, man. We're, we're on the downslope now. We're under a month to the start of the NBA season. I'm Dan Baspers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Have a great, great Tuesday. Talk to you tomorrow morning. This has been a hoop ball presentation.